Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> Hi, hello, welcome. Hello, everyone. Uh, we, we uh, I mean, it's not bad news, it's just a little bit of news. We lost our sponsor. We lost our yeah. Well, we no. It's just, we didn't lose our sponsor. It's just the sponsorship's done. Yeah, they're not re-upping. You know, they said they might come back in the fall. They did say that. Which might be <laughs> for those of you who haven't listened to the past couple episodes where we did our own ad read for our own program, that means nothing to you. But that's what we did. So that's what you get. Uh, this episode's going to be a little bit different uh, than the past few. Uh, basically, the majority of the episodes we do, mostly because. I wouldn't say we're tired. I would just say that like we're giving ourselves permission to not do like a full on like conceptual episode around a topic and like a deeper. Yeah. Well, the thing thing is, if you've been listening, hopefully, you know, by now that we like to give you our best and when we we don't feel our best, we can't give you our best. So, but some of you might be on the edge of your seats because where we last left off on the podcast, we were leaving Ireland. Yes. And so we thought we'll just do a travel update yeah. uh, episode so we can tell you kind of where we are in the world, ah. what we've been up to, mm. where we are mentally with the trip. We just realized, did we just cross the three month mark? As of recording this, we just crossed the three month mark. Yes. That's hard to of believe. traveling. Yeah. A quarter um, of the year. We've traveled a quarter of the year. That's so weird. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I am a completely different, not completely different person. I don't believe that. Yeah. I feel a very like I'm very different. Yeah. Only having three months of this experience under my belt. I feel like it takes us two weeks to plan the next two weeks, <laughs> and then it starts all over again to have to plan the yeah, next two weeks. We were talking about this on our walk the other day. We're gonna get to where we are in a second, so just hold your horses. Just hold on. Okay? If you read the description, you already know. Oh wow! Somebody yeah. just paused. To I'm not gonna put in the title though. I'm just gonna put it. I'll put it in the description though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we were walking the other day, and Jason was like, "Whenever we sit down to do some travel planning, because you, you're constantly planning yes. on this trip, yeah. um, because we don't have that much runway in front of us." Like we have a vague idea about two months out. We have it just drops off after that. We have oh, no idea yeah, where we'll nothing. be two months from now. We do know the end of the year though. And then we know the end of the year. <laughs> so it's just confusing. But anyway, Jason was like, you know, we sit down and maybe like it takes more than one day, but maybe we have like three good days of travel planning yeah. and we get like a ferry, we book a some plane trains. tickets. We, we get have some, some Airbnbs. Trains. We we get some Airbnbs picked out. Like yeah. literally, like it takes so much effort. And then Jason's like, Well, that's a week of our trip down. <laughs> <laughs> like and it just took so much mental energy, so much decision making, and we figured out one week. Yeah, it's and a very silly. It is very silly. And obviously, we're doing this trip in a way that like we're trying to curate every single experience. Right. We also we're not the type of people who can just like hop on a bus and like go somewhere. Like right. that's not going to work for your anxiety. So we have to like look at flights, look up the airlines, see which one you feel most comfortable with. We're going to talk about our our airline uh, first budget airline adventure that we had to get to our newest destination, which is... We are in Split Split Croatia. Croatia. So we have uh, meandered over to Eastern Europe. Uh, If you don't know where Croatia is, please look at a map. Uh, It's across from Italy. It's across from the heel of Italy is basically Do you know what's in the middle between Italy and Croatia? Uh, I think it's the Adriatic. Yeah. 
Were you going to say a country or no, a body of water? the water. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Adriatic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I believe um, the Baltic Sea is around here somewhere too. Well, I thought... Because isn't the Balkans like Albania and like that? Or is that all Adriatic? This is where we just Hold don't on. know. I thought the Balkans were like Latvia. We're up north? It's yeah. a good question. I could be wrong. This is not a geography podcast. So like we oh. can be incorrect. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure yeah. the Balkans are like Latvia oh, wonderful. and Estonia. Well, again, please go consult a map. We are not your travel experts. <laughs> I'm already really embarrassed at how dumb we sound. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's just the truth. Like we just don't know. I know. That's like when people from Europe come to America and they're like, I know where Texas is and I know where Florida is and I know where California is, but everything in the middle, I have no idea. Like, and when you say people from Europe, you mean Americans because I don't have don't a strong grasp of, <laughs> well, of the middle. Well, New England's really a hot mess up there. Like it's just a hodgepodge of yeah places. i really wish i think i've mentioned this before but growing up my mom bought us a clear shower curtain for yeah, our like world map. kids bathroom that had a map of the whole world and you could see all the countries and the capitals and i really wish i would have kept that with me throughout <laughs> my life but it was really hot tip it was yeah. really fun because you'd be showering and you'd be like oh just learned where you know Kazakhstan what I is. I've seen in a lot of like minimalist designery homes, though. Is the world map, is the world shower, map curtain? shower curtain. Whatever. It doesn't make it. When we have kids, I'm putting one in their bathroom. Okay. Like I'm saying it right now, and I'm going to make it look cute, and you can't stop me. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, we arrived in Split, but how we got there is a little bit of an adventure. So, right. we had to book a flight to get from. Dublin to split mm -hmm. and basically there was one option this time of year so uh, when it depending on when you're listening to this we're traveling you know at the end of March to get to split and basically there's one airline that is doing that flight and it's Ryanair mm -hmm. now as you progress into like May June July you start to get Croatian air you start to get some other airlines like there start to be multiple flights because obviously tourism picks up Croatia is a big tourist destination. We also found out that there is some connection between Split and Dublin. Yeah, there is like, an interesting connection. And maybe connection. it's just as a result of the direct flight. I don't know. Could but be. there is quite a few people from Dublin holiday here. Yeah. And then our friend that we made here was telling us that she has friends who will go and do like work study in Dublin. In Dublin. Uh, so if those of you who don't know what Ryanair is, uh, especially for our American friends, Think of Southwest Airlines, except you have to book like so many other parts of it. And so you may be being like, what do you mean you have to book so many other parts? So yeah, it's just, it's a budget airline. It's a budget That's airline, but we don't really have those in the US. Like I guess right. we do have like Spirit Air and Frontier, but I've never yeah. booked with those, so I don't know what the experience is like. But anyway, with Ryanair, when you go to book, you get a lot of questions. So first you start out with like, what type of fare do you want? And literally it starts with like seven euros. It's right. like your plane ticket is seven euros. And you're like, mm. How's that possible? You're like, okay, I guess. And then you click that. And it's like, okay, do you want a seat on the plane? You're like, well, yeah, obviously, like, I need a seat. So it's like 50 euros. You're like, oh, okay, that's where they start to get you. And before they even get to bags, they're like, do you have arms? And you're like, yeah, I have two arms. Like, okay, well, for two arms, you have to pay five euros each. Like, okay, do that. Do you want to open your eyes while you fly? And you're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't want to have to keep my eyes closed. Then you have to pay for those euros. So like, do you want someone to not slap you during the flight? You're like, well, yeah, like, I don't, that would be a horrible experience. Why would I want that? And then by the end of it, your ticket is 400 euros. Like it's, <laughs> it is the price of a normal plane ticket, but they just nickel and dime you across the whole way. But I will say, I think we did the best job you can do on a Ryanair flight based on the uh, kind of like research that we did. Let's back up actually, because I'm not going to lie. We like to give you the real experience of yeah. what traveling is like. <laughs> when Jason told me that this was the only flight, we booked this back when we were in Lisbon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think meltdown is like an appropriate word for it. I, I, I there were tears. Okay, <laughs> you were you, huddled up in a ball. You have to understand. I had. I'm going to say had tremendous amounts of flight anxiety. Yeah, on the and spectrum of flight anxiety, you were at a ten, red hot, 
And I, you know, I struggled a lot with it. And so I just had this perception of the airline in my head also that it was just like a rickety plane that's going (laughs) to like fall apart as you take off. And like, I don't know, there was just a lot of fears associated with it. And then I saw like pictures of the interior of the cabin and they have these like gaudy yellow, like almost like ads that they put in the back of the seats that look like it looks like you're on a bus with wings is what it feels like yeah totally and so when jason told me like okay we need to book this ryan air flight and it starts at like seven euros and i'm like just picturing (laughs) us just like falling out of the sky yeah and so i start I, i start actually having like a physical body response to that and i go on this hunt to see like what are the alternatives like i was like we can fly to paris with this airline and then and then so I'm trying to go through Someone all the scenarios. Someone could take us in a rickshaw from Paris. Basically, to- <laughs> our other option was like fly to Paris and you have to spend the night in Paris and then go and flight. And it just seemed like such a waste for a whole day yeah. of all these other stressors. When the flight is how long? Three hours. Three hours. Just and for everyone so to know. And so finally I said, I, I, I definitely had a meltdown. I definitely went back into the bedroom and like <laughs> just had a good cry about it. And then put on my big girl pants and came back out and was like, okay, we're doing this. But that also shows you literally how much I've changed in just two months because that was like Lisbon Carol yeah, and she was really scared of everything. And I have so much compassion for her because like that, that's just where I was at the time. And I feel like two or three months later now down the road, like I would book uh, that Ryanair flight again, no problem. And just be like, well, it's going to maybe suck, but I can do it. You know, I think what's really helpful too, is we found this video of a guy who was like, I'm going to make Ryanair like a luxury experience. Yeah, He's like, can I make it a luxury experience? And it's, it's not just so you know, it is not, but it did really help us to find like, okay, we're going to book the first seats in the plane, which again is another fee, but also just being able to understand exactly how things are going to go and like what the process is going to be like. I just think it helped reduce that anxiety. Yeah. I'm really grateful. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but like people who make that type of YouTube content, like I'm really grateful for them because, or things like, you know, looking up the experience on the ferry or like every, every part of our trip, we've been able to kind of like get a window into what it's like. And that, that helps me with my anxiety. So I don't have to, the uncertainty isn't like, you know, because that's, that's one of the biggest parts of it is it's not actually the thing. The thing can be difficult, but it's the lead up to the thing. It's all the unknowns of the the unknown. Right. And I have to hold my brain. So anyway, so I just want to say that, you know, as we were, le- so booking it was the most anxious part, but as we were leading <laughs> All the up options to, I had to, as choose. we were leading up to, I no, no, I just mean the flight anxiety, but as we were leading up to it, I had had a whole month of being in Ireland under my belt. And I do feel like the anxiety had come way down. And so I wasn't even that anxious going into the flight. I was just thinking, I, ve- I very much have to get in this like game day mindset on travel days. Yeah. And I, I do a lot of visualization exercises. I do a lot of like listening to good music. I get pumped up and Picture I'm like any sports movie. And it's like the team in the locker room, like jumping around. That's yeah. Carol. <laughs> and it's me on a flight deck. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is going to be great. I'm going to love it. Yeah. And, um, so we get to the airport. And so the thing about flying a budget air is the check-in experience is also quite different because yeah. if, because we didn't have an EU pa- or was it an EU thing? It's because we don't have a passport in Europe. If you had a passport anywhere in Europe, not even you in could the have EU, done a mobile boarding. You pass, could have done a mobile boarding. But pass. we, so we go to check in, and it's like you have to go to the line Counter, and get yeah. a paper boarding pass. And we're like, damn it. Yeah. So we get there, and of course we have to wait in this like really long line. Of course, like. But we did get to the airport five hours yeah, early. We were like fine. we're we're not the type of travelers who are going to go like. 
Oh, they say you only need to be there two hours early. We'll get there like one hour, 45 minutes. No, like, no, no. no we'll double it and then add a little bit more buffer. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole airline experience, like airport experience, but I think, I think we did a pretty good job with like being patient and well, just having yeah. a good attitude. Also, uh, where we, we paid for the like fast track security line in the Lisbon airport, completely missed it. Didn't even see it, went through the normal and it was totally fine. We saw it this time, and I'm glad we did because it was quite a bit longer. However, the one thing I did want to point out is one of my fears <laughs> in all of the this year of travel is the security x-ray machine experience where they pull my bag aside. Yeah. And because like that bag that I'm carrying with me has everything I own except yeah. for my clothes, which we check in the other bag, which is gone and I don't have any control over this was the like comedy of errors and and I have just been trying to like work myself up to this is like where my anxiety does actually come through of the like okay they're gonna pull my bag aside they're gonna rifle through all of it and like my perfectly packed bag I'm gonna have to repack amidst like a horde of people trying to get through security the thing you have to also understand about Jason is like where where I my neuroses shows up as anxiety your neuroses shows shows up as like a little, we would say, obsessive tendencies. Oh, for sure. And I, organization. Yeah, yeah, like I I have not been tested for OCD, so I'm not going to say that I'm OCD. I have said that in the past, and I apologize because I'm not diagnosed. But like, I know that I'm on the spectrum somewhere there, and, and it just like, in these moments, it's when I absolutely right. know. And this is just one of these moments where I have a lot of empathy for you because I hear about the way you talk about your your fear being someone like rifling through your bag and taking all your stuff out, and it, it, makes, it doesn't make sense to right. me. Right, right. But... I understand in the way that you communicate about it that I now can put myself in your, you know, well, I can't po- totally put myself in your shoes. No, but, it's the same with me. But I can see yeah. how that would feel very unsettling totally. if, if, if your way of asserting control and comfort is through organization and through your things and the way that you have it set up. And so it's a little bit of vice versa on that too. It's like, I know you don't know what it feels like to have anxiety in all the situations I do, but you can hear the way I talk about it yeah. and you can believe me when I tell you this is how it feels, you know? Yeah. Um, and so of course the the comedy of it all is that you have like three tra- <laughs> big trays oh, yeah. so in I line up, I and up, I have three big yeah. trays. They they pull all three of my trays. All three of for, your trays and they pull all three of my trays. Yeah, the best, the absolute best part of this though was one, this is a TSA person, like an airport security person, pulls one of my bags with a tray. And it's like, whose is this? And I'm like, oh, that's mine. Then another person behind them grabs another tray with my stuff and go, whose is this? And I have to go, that's also mine. And the worst part of it is, so you have to go down to the end of the line where they can kind of like communicate with you. And they're in this little like middle section where they're going through your bag and stuff. And then they're asking you questions and you've got two, I've got, you've got like, two things here. going. It's like an auctioneer. I'm like, hey, and blah, blah, then blah, blah. I'm standing and then they pull all of mine. <laughs> and so then we're circulating and they're sort of like asking you questions and handing you shit at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is fine. I got to so put you're this trying, back through. You're like grabbing your thing and then you're trying to put it back in your bag while the other guy's like, who is, is this? Yeah. Who's is this? And I'm, I, I'm crouched on the ground trying to put my shit back together <laughs> and I pop up and I'm like, it's mine. <laughs> and so it was both of us yeah. like... Literally, I felt like Lucy and Ethel running around like just this comedic situation. I'll be so, I will be really curious because what's interesting to me is when we went through the Lisbon airport, we didn't have this issue at all. Like they didn't pull our stuff aside. But when we went through the Dublin airport, they pulled our stuff aside. And I asked the guy, I was just like, hey, just out of curiosity, what was it that flagged it? Just because like I could pack that in our suitcase or whatever. He was like, oh, it's just too much stuff in this bag. Oh, really? I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting because like, 
I had the same same amount of stuff in another airport, another X-ray machine. So yeah, but you know that's not how it works. No, no, they I'm each just, have their own thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I think every airport it's going to be a crapshoot. So now I'm just going to go into it. This is going to help me. I'm going to go into every airport, being like, my bag's going to get like right. set aside. They're going to rifle through it, and I'm just going to have to like do this awkward like bent over in the corner, yeah. putting stuff back in in a way that I don't want it to be. It's but like, I'm going to live with it. It helps you to know there is no right answer. Exactly. Like that's what you were looking for. It's yeah. like tell me what I did wrong and. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter what you did wrong in Dublin because next time you're going to be in split. Yeah. So it just doesn't matter. Yeah. My girl told me that what flagged mine was all of the cords, cords. all tangled up. So yeah. they can't like see through that or something. Anyway, so that was fun. So anyway, the uh, the airport experience, uh, was it was totally fine just sharing with it you. It really was. Yeah. And I think that we handled it pretty well. Yeah. And, and I will say, oh, just as a travel tip because eventually we're going to record some YouTube videos or some other content about like the things that we're learning last summer before we got going on this trip we chose the Chase Sapphire cards because they come with the priority pass membership mm -hmm. which is a membership to lounges in airports and predominantly in European airports you you get to use this pass and so after we did the whole security melee we identified every person's bag and and thing <laughs> possible with every person uh, TSA agent we went to the lounge, got in through our priority pass, don't have to pay anything. And that makes the airport experience that much better. Yeah, because it's like this respite in between. Exactly. So it's like if you can get past the gauntlet of the getting the baggage and all of that stuff, the lounge that we get in uh, through the chase thing yeah. is like you get to relax. Yeah. For me, I get to have a glass of wine mm -hmm. and it kind of takes me down and then you're good to go unless you're at an airport where you like Lisbon, where you have to go to security on the other side of the lounge, yeah, which, which we don't know why <laughs> we don't know. So yeah, we haven't a, figured out the pattern yet of yeah. when that happens and when it doesn't, we think it has something to do with going in and out of the Shenzhen region. We don't know. Yeah. In Lisbon, we had another line to stand in after we were in the lounge to get through like another customs before getting to our plane, which completely derailed us. This time we left with plenty of time, the lounge to go get in this line again. One did not exist, which is the comedy of traveling all the time is whatever. <laughs> lessons you learn at the last <laughs> airport are completely inapplicable yeah. to the next yeah. one, which is fine. So before so, we boarded the plane, just a very quick aside, we we sat down at this pub that was basically like a hot dog and beers place. <laughs> and Caroline was really close to ordering the dirty dog. I was not. I, we were looking at this menu going, this has to be like a hidden camera show, right? Like, let's put, a, let's put a restaurant in an airport with a triple dirty dog <laughs> let's have it have chili and onions and Cheese i'm like did you want to have diarrhea on this Ryanair flight because i'm pretty sure you didn't pay for the package i did not pay for the diarrhea package i did not pay the 20 euros yeah, for the diarrhea there was package. a guy on her flight who i think ate a triple dirty dog because <laughs> yeah. he went to the bathroom like nine like, times who approved this decision to put a, do a dirty dog restaurant <laughs> right outside so the gate close. um but that was fun yeah so anyway uh the flight very uneventful i don't think we have anything really to share other than I almost inherited a uh, checkout device, like a phone checkout device. Yeah, we were paying for snacks and the flight attendant forgot and just left the credit card machine with Jason <laughs> for like 15 minutes. And he was like, do I own this now? And is like, this I mine that I get to keep this? Yeah, but I, I would like to report that we wondered if my flight from Lisbon to Dublin was a fluke because I, it was my best flight that I've ever done. Yeah. And my Ryanair flight was you just did a great good. job, and so I don't know. Maybe I'm getting over this whole thing. Well, we have plenty of flights left this year for you to continue to test that. But I do agree with you that you were at a ten before on the flight anxiety meltdown scale, and I think you have definitely come. I'm at like a four. Way back down on that scale, and I hope we can get you, you know, to stay at a nice, comfy place where 
every day that we have a flight this year, you're just going to be like, yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, that's kind of how I feel now. It's kind of miraculous. Like if you're a person listening to this and you have flight anxiety, you just, you think that you'll never feel differently. You're just like, I will never, I cannot see how this could ever be different. And I think it's a combination of the kind of like exposure therapy of doing it over and over again. And also knowing that I have to do it over and over again to do this trip and figuring out what works for me. I have my little playlist. I have my meditation. I do my thing. And so far it's working. Oh, I do want to say another, maybe this is a tip or maybe this is just like a recommendation from how we're traveling. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that makes these flights a lot easier is that when we're booking and choosing places, we're basing it off of when is there a direct flight. Right. So we're really trying to avoid at all costs a layover, f- a layover or a connected flight. So like a perfect example is upcoming after we finish our time in our next destination after this, two after this one, where we have actually booked a little bit in advance, we have a leg of our trip that we don't know where we're going. But instead of going like, oh, we want to go to this place now, how do we get there? What we're actually doing is going, where does this airport fly mm-hmm. direct using, what is it, flightconnections.com? Yeah, my favorite tool is flightconnections.com. You pick a city and then you can see all the direct flights from that city. And it makes it so great because just like, for example, let's say if we were in Brussels and we might be like Brussels, Belgium, and we might be like, oh, we'd really like to go to Edinburgh, Scotland next or whatever. And, but we see there's, isn't a direct flight. So instead we're like, okay, we'll save Scotland for later. Let's see where a direct flight from Brussels is. And then it's like, oh, Amsterdam. So like, oh, okay. Like maybe we'll do Netherlands next, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's really helpful. Well, you just gave away a bunch of different uh, potential options. That's mm. interesting. But yeah, that, that to me is one of the things that I think as you travel and, and maybe you do have a little bit more flexibility is just choosing what will make your travel life easier. Like, yeah. yeah, I would like to go to X destination, but if it's not a direct flight, then maybe we push that down the road and we can get to it later. But like now we're going to go where we can get to easily because it just reduces the stress for everybody involved. Yeah. And this is why we're planning like fiends because yeah. it does impact the experience. Is like how much effort you put into making these thoughtful decisions beforehand. It's not like, it's not like we just like, you know, have... I mean, yes, we're very lucky, of course, but like luck is part of it. But it's not like we just show up and everything is so great. And like, oh, how does it just yeah. work out for the best? As it's far like, as like what happens on the trip. Right? Yeah, like, I just think sometimes maybe there's this impression of like, wow, like how, you just stumbled across this great Airbnb and you yeah. like, you haven't run into any like crappy layovers or like cancel flights. And it's like, that could all still happen to us. But part of it is like, there is a little bit of element of just like thoughtful, intentional planning that goes into it. Yeah. That's not to say it's all due to like us and oh my well, God, we're so good at planning. Yeah. I think our, our Airbnb that we're going to talk about here in split, our first one is a good example of that. So yeah. let's get through the end of the flight, getting to our Airbnb and talk about uh, that situation oh, first. Oh, actually this is a perfect example. So we did notice, so we already told you that the Ryanair flight was the only flight from Dublin to Split. And the, the thing that sucked about it is that we would get in at like 11, or like... T- it was like 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Yeah. basically. And then between getting our bags, because we did have to check our bags, you know, I'm picturing like getting into a place at night, trying to navigate getting a car. Yep. And then also the first Airbnb that we had chosen, which we'll talk about in a second, you, this is why you have to read every inch of the Airbnb yep. uh, fine print. This was a Airbnb that was in an area of the old town that you cannot get a car into. Yep. 
So it's pedestrian only. So I'm reading that and going, wait a second, we fly in at 10 PM. We have to get our bags. We have to figure out a car and then that we have to tell the car to drop us off somewhere and we have to navigate with all of our luggage at 11 p.m. Yeah. in a country we've never been to hoping that our service is going to work and we'll have hoping maps our phone yeah exactly yeah that's a recipe for disaster and most people would just be like oh it'll we'll work figure out. It out it's fine but again anxious um and you just have to do a little bit of digging ahead of time so wait so a couple things we did to alleviate that we reached out, so our Airbnb was actually managed through a company, yeah. but a lot of times, even if it's not, if it's a host, yeah. they're willing to do whatever to have make you have a good experience. Totally. So we reached out to them and said, hey, um, we're a little bit worried about this. Our flight gets in late. And they said, oh, no problem. We'll arrange a car for you. And then from also, the airport. From the airport. Yeah. We'll arrange a car for you. And then we'll arrange one of our team members to meet you. And they'll basically escort you to the yeah. airport. The B and B, which yeah. is like amazing, and it made getting there so much better. Now you may be thinking to yourself, like, "Oh, oh, geez, go for it." Uh, you may be thinking to yourself, like, "Oh, wow, that's going to be like a limousine, and like <laughs> you guys are so fancy, and like someone's going to be waiting with champagne." No, it's just a taxi. No, it's just a taxi. It's just a split but taxi. But it's somebody helping you. It's somebody ordering the taxi for you, so that it's waiting for you, and you don't have to figure it out, yeah, or anything. And so it was really fantastic. It, Hello. The dishwasher. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we've ever seen this in dishwashers in U.S. Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just like a newer technology thing, and we haven't stayed at Airbnbs in the U.S. a long time. All the dishwashers here in Europe, they kick open when they're done. Yeah. So it just like pops open it's so like, it can Hello. dry. And it just did that, and we're like, oh, hi. <laughs> um, so anyway, we finished our flight. We had pre-booked this car service to then have someone meet us. Very thankful for that. Um, we land in Croatia. So uh, just to... Another part of the anxiety of travel, especially as you're a foreigner in different countries, is like the customs situation. And as people who are traveling and who do work from anywhere, you do have to be careful as you're going through customs and like what you say and like, because you don't want to show that you're, you know, quote unquote working, which could take away from jobs because that's not what we're doing. Um, We work on businesses that can be worked on anywhere. So anyway, there's always this like little tinge of how's the customs going to go? Are they going to ask us a bunch of penetrating questions and we're just not going to, it's uncomfortable. They speak a different language. Like, you know, we're, we're obviously tourists and we're the foreigners here. So we leave the Ryanair flight. It's 10 o'clock at night. We're, we're deboarding the plane. I st- we're the first people off the plane because we're in seats 1A mm-hmm. and 1B. Uh, but I start to notice people are like whisking by us. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, where are you just trying to get? And I'm like, oh, they're trying to get to the front of the customs mm-hmm. line because there's a plane full of 200 people that just mm-hmm. got here. So we don't hurry up. We're just like, it'll be fine. We get up there. We're basically like the second or third person in line. So it worked out fine. And I, I slide our passports. You slide yours. I slide mine to this uh, customs agent, Croatian customs agent. She does not make eye contact with us. <laughs> now, in, Normally they like in Dublin, you take yeah. down your mask. You have to look at yeah. your face. In Dublin, like, the guy asked all these questions. You know, he really just like yeah. took us for a ride. Made a couple of snide remarks. Yeah. About- it was a whole experience that I was expecting now to have in every customs you know, time. She doesn't look at us, stamps our passports, slides them back, still has not made eye contact. That's it. Yeah. It was bizarre. So we're like, oh, okay. So we, we walk beyond there. Uh, there's no, we get right into the baggage claim. Not a single person in baggage claim. I, By the way, split airport. Fantastic. Apparently, Beautiful. apparently it was just redone a couple of years it's ago. It's gorgeous. 
uh, Zoran, our taxi driver, said before that, not a good airport. Yeah. So we lucked out in the timing of just like it being new. But we grabbed our bags. Our bags were like the first two off the plane. Also, for those of you who are nerds like me and you're like, do you do anything to keep track of your bags? Yes. We have Apple AirTags in our suitcases buried in so that we can always see where they are, which is just like a nice fun thing to have because that's one of our fears too. Technology. We own only the things that we're carrying with us right now. So if our bags get lost, it is an important thing and like we don't have any clothing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we get our bags within like two minutes of the baggage claim and the customs line. There's this this set of zones. There's like green zone, blue zone, red zone, like these big signs. It's all about like what you have to claim yeah. on your customs form and they sort you into except for all three entrances <laughs> go to one line. And so we were I was like, which and then Jason was like, Do I you if you just look, you can see like they just, literally all go through the same place. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. So we we walk out and we had this funny moment where as soon as you walk out, there's a man holding a sign and it says Jason From Ireland. From Ireland. And I I'm, first of all, so excited that I just did so well on my Ryanair flight. I'm so excited that customs went so well. I'm so excited that our baggage... I mean, it took and three so, minutes to get from the plane to like incredible. that part of it. So I am riding high. Yeah. So I see this sign that says Jason from Ireland and I start waving like a, like an, in just <laughs> an idiot. a wild person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, hi. And, and the guy is looking at me like, Oh you. And so he's like going, there's like a <laughs> barrier between us. And so he starts walking to go meet us. And then as I'm walking to go meet him with my excited face, <laughs> I see another person with a sign that says, Jason Zook. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's probably us. <laughs> yeah. We're not Jason from Ireland. We're, we're Jason J- Zook. Yeah, I should have yeah. been like, this is our actual name. And the guy, the first guy looked so disappointed. I know. We're like, sorry, but I'm like, like sorry. I was Jason from I Ireland. I am like, Jason from Ireland. Yeah. Like, it's just like, but I'm also Jason. I'm more Jason Zook than I am Jason from Ireland. And then I Ireland. just avoided eye contact yeah. and was like, sorry, bro. So anyway, we met our lovely taxi driver, Zoran, who took us out to the parking lot, got helped us with our bags. We got in the taxi. He took us the drive through to to Old Town Split and it was very interesting we said this as we were driving had a lovely conversation with him he loves jazz music he wants to visit New Orleans oh just very very fun a great introduction to the city and it it felt oddly like arriving in San Diego it in was the airport. weird I was tripping out because it very similar like where you the airport in San Diego is like right on the water so you can kind of like see the water in the harbor and then as you drive out you see the lights in the dark of the houses that are stacked up on the hillside and so it's very similar as you're driving through split and then you're kind of on bigger roads yeah uh, before you get into old town and I was just I was like having a weird out-of-body experience it I was, was like I yeah. feel like we just got home. <laughs> so this is, so Zoran drops us off. He was so nice. He was so courteous. Uh, and we meet Yelena, who mm-hmm. was the person that we were messaging with, who was going to meet us to uh, walk us to our Airbnb, which was one of the best things that we did because had we, we arrived- We would not have been able to get there. It would have been impossible to find unless they would have sent us detailed photos. When I tell you, when, it is one of my favorite parts about Split actually, but the Old Town- is not built on a grid no. at all. So it's like all these twisty, turny roads. I swear some of them are just circles. Yeah. Like I swear it's just like a circle of a street. And <laughs> it's really fun now because, you know, we've been here as we're recording this, we've been here two weeks Two weeks now. And so like, I feel so cool when oh, I yeah. can navigate yeah. the like twists and turns without looking at a map because I, you start to recognize like, oh, here's that, here's that old house with the thing. And you know, you, yeah, you have yeah. like little landmarks and stuff. Um, But yeah, we wouldn't have been able to get there. Yelena was wonderful. But one thing we have noticed that is different here in Croatia is 
and, and this must be just like a cultural thing, but like the people are so friendly and warm, but they're, they're not, it doesn't start out friendly it and warm. Exactly. It's like the way of communicating is often very direct. And in America, you might, if someone's being like very, I would say, Kurt, Kurt is the best way I can describe yeah, it. Yeah. It's like being, short. Yeah. If not someone's being warm. very short, you think like, are you, is something wrong? Like, do you not like me or whatever? And that's just the way of communicating when you don't know someone very well here. Yeah. And it's not to take offense to whatsoever. It's just like, it is what it is. Like, that's just the culturally the way of communicating. Yeah. Um, and so that was something that we noticed right away. It's it's with like waiters or shop owners oh, or whatever. Yeah. I was just going to say. You have to realize like, yeah. they're, they're not like unhappy with you at all. It's just their way of communicating, especially in English. Well, what was interesting to me is like, I went to this bakery like the first day that we got here and I, it was like a wait outside and it's like one person comes in, one person goes out and it's like a very small place. And I'm so used to like, American bakeries where like everyone's just happy. Like, it's just like, we're in a bakery. This is wonderful. Like we all love cinnamon rolls, right? We're all cinnamon rollers here. <laughs> and it's just like sharing the love of the baked goods. But I walked into th this one in split and it's like one of the best bakeries in split. And it's just like, there's none of that. There's no friendliness. There's just like, it, basically I would boil it down to this is how the interaction goes. You walk in and someone goes, what do you want? And you're like, oh, I want like a cinnamon roll. They're like it's five Kuna. And you're like, Okay. And then you pay like, get out. And <laughs> that's then, what it like, feels that's like what it feels to your like. American self. hundred percent. But like, I've been back to that bakery like eight times yeah. now, not exaggerating. And like, I went today, it's probably the last time I'm going to go. And I had a perfectly delightful experience. Totally. And I think that's a big part of the culture here that we've noticed is like the more time, especially as foreigners, we are the foreigners yes. that you spend with a local. So they don't just feel like it's like, oh, this is just like a transactional thing. Like you're going to be gone. I'm never going to see you again. Yeah. You, you start to break down those barriers a little bit. And like even Yelena. And you start to understand that certain signals that might have meant something at your in your home country, like someone being very direct or someone being very short or not asking questions. Like those are all signals that in America you might interpret right. even through body language that someone is upset with you. And, but you spend time here and you go, Oh, those signals mean something different here. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean someone doesn't like me. And I think that's kind of like a cool thing of getting to travel to different countries and seeing what is the way of communicating? What are the customs? Um, and my, one of my favorite things about spending this amount of time in different countries is the first few days, everything's uncertain. And yeah. so you're like, okay, what, like what area are we in? And do, you know, are the people friendly? Like all these things. But by two weeks in, you've had enough interactions, positive interactions with people that you build this like trust and rapport with, and you start to feel, you feel safer, you feel more comfortable, you feel all these things. And it's just, to me, it's a beautiful thing just about humanity. Yeah. Of I like the more time you spend with someone, the more you see them up close, the more you have interactions with them. It's just a trust building yeah. exercise. I also cultures. have viewed it too of just like where there aren't commonalities, just going into it, going like, okay, this person I don't have anything in common. So like it's not gonna be a great interaction, you know? And then like the coffee shop that I found here, I've had such good interactions with those guys. And like, we have longer conversations than we probably should with like people behind me and I'm like trying to get out of line, but they're like, they love talking about coffee. So it is very interesting and, and different how that right. happens. If you can find those connection points. Yeah. Like. Uh, so anyway, the one thing that we wanted to share to kind of wrap up this, what has turned into like, what's a travel day like essentially yeah. as we're going through this, uh, which I hope has been just enjoyable and fun for you to get to hear all the Weird randomness. The real and, behind yeah. the scenes. Because we can't show all of that stuff in like the YouTube videos and, and we're like not that. we're not those types of travel content creators who like take you through the airport and on the plane and like 
pull down their masks and talk to you on the plane. Like, we're not going to do that. Like, when we're on the plane, it's like, we're just sitting there just trying to make it through. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not trying to, like, have share the experience in that way. Um, but the last thing I wanted to share is, so we have really, I think, done a great job of finding fantastic Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. That has been one of the delights of this trip that we have just loved is going from a, an Airbnb you've been for a week or two weeks or however long to now a new Airbnb. It's like one of our favorite things on yeah. this trip so far. And so we had this Airbnb that we found and it's called the Laganini Loft. I'll link it in the show notes so you can check it out. You can see it. But the interesting part of this Airbnb, this is the first time we've run into this, there are no reviews. Yeah. And which so, is which is like our cardinal rule. Like yeah. you, has if you, to if have you want to know how we find great Airbnbs, it's like if it has a 4.7 or below, like we're we're just looking the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's amazing, we're like not gonna take a chance. Granted, we probably will end up taking some chances course, on some 4.7s. But, but to start this year, we wanted to start the year off on like it's a 5.0 with 30 reviews. We feel super confident. We're nervous to be in a foreign place. Let's figure this out. Uh, so anyway, when I reached out the, before I even started the conversation with, uh, Yelena and their team about booking a car, it was, are there any reviews? Like I can see there are no reviews of this place. And basically what, what they had said was it changed ownership. And when a Airbnb changes ownership, it loses all of its previous reviews, which makes total sense because you have a new host and like yeah. it's a whole different thing. So through the conversation with them and because it's a company that manages it, they actually managed three other Airbnbs. So I could go to those and I could see, oh, those have a ton of positive reviews as well. So that kind of like, you know, eased our concerns a little bit, but we're still booking a place that has no reviews and you just don't know. Like the photos can look amazing anywhere, but you don't know like what's the neighborhood like, like what's it going to feel yeah, like. Yeah, when we booked the- it, I even was like, okay, we're rolling the dice on this one. Like we, it definitely felt like. <laughs> and it's not like we're rolling the dice showing up at 2 p.m. in the middle of the day when we can find other yeah, accommodations. Yeah, we're rolling the dice at 11 p.m. Yeah. in a place where we can't get a car. Not very Zook-like, just to be honest. Very not. Yeah. So anyway, Yelena is walking us through the streets. No chance we would have found this place on our own. Yeah. We find this like tiny metal gate that I have to like duck through to get through. Uh, we climb a couple flights of stairs. We go through the smallest wooden door you ever did see that I also <laughs> had to duck through. And then she starts leading us up these staircases. So it's three super steep staircases. Yep. I think we were just on travel adrenaline because we just had all of our bags. I would, you know what it was? I thought about this. It was travel agen- adrenaline. And also when you don't know where you're going, you don't know. So like I was carrying all of my stuff in my suitcases and I was just like, oh, she's leading me up a staircase. Yeah. I'm going up a staircase. And then it was like, oh, she's leading me up another staircase. I'm going up another staircase. Oh, she's leading me up a third. And so you have no choice to be like, I can't, this is heavy or like yeah. it's awkward. It's Which like, I guess is just a lesson about being in the moment because yeah. if you don't know how, what the future holds, you just, I'm like, well, I'm carrying this in yeah. the moment. As opposed to when we left, spoiler alert, we did and I'm staying there. Like it, we carried one bag down at a time and took like nine trips <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was just we like, we know how steep these stairs are. <laughs> like we're going to take our time. But anyway, we go up the three flights of stairs. Uh, Elena puts in the door code. She shows us the loft and we say goodbye to her. We say thank you so much. And the loft is fantastic. It's perfect. It is such a cool space. And uh, again, I'm going to link it up so you can actually see it. And then uh, in a couple weeks when our split travel vlog comes out on YouTube, you'll get the tour. But it's basically one long rectangle with like a triangular roof because it's the top floor of this building. Again, three very steep staircases that I could barely fit in. Uh, but it's such a cool layout. Like it's such a unique, like I don't know if we'll find another place that's like this Mm -hmm. where it's one long space, but it feels like two completely separate rooms because there's this big unit in the middle that separates it. Which makes your organization 
organization oh, heart so happy this because we, I mean it, it must have been IKEA, right? Like it's something. I, I'm pretty sure everything in this place was IKEA. Yeah, because I found all the like pamphlets. Yeah, we basically lived in an IKEA showroom. Yeah. Is basically what it felt like, but like an but upscale this, one. Yeah, yeah, but this unit, um, every like pictured like just a big rectangle in the middle of the room, but every side of the rectangle has like different things. So one yeah. side of it has like the dishwasher and the sink in like the kitchen stuff because it's facing the kitchen and then on the back side of that you have all of your chest your drawers yep, and closets closets basically. and then on the ends you have hanging space for closets and then up top There's you have an entire loft the loft where you can go up a little um ladder and there's like a little twinkle light loft where you can read and do stuff up there which was very i have magical. to say it seemed like when you went up into the loft it was a lot easier than when i went up into the loft it was not made for a I person almost, of your stature i almost moved in i almost was just like this is where i live now yeah i don't know if i can get down <laughs> um we so that's the the lagunini loft did, did you want to talk about the last thing that's what's the last thing i don't have the notes this is just a heads up. We are about to talk about COVID and if that is in any way triggering to you about someone having COVID, if COVID, just the conversation about COVID-19 is not something you want to listen to, we are about to talk about Caroline getting COVID. She managed through it okay, but we just wanted to give a little bit of a heads up in case you don't want to hear us to talk about that. But now we're going to talk about that experience and just share the realness with you. Oh, just that I got COVID. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, kind I of thought, buried the lead there. So you very much so buried the lead. So part of the other reason why, A, you're getting this episode. A day late. A day late, yeah. but also why we're not doing a main episode. I We fully intended to not have me talk this long because my throat is still a little, it is still tender. healing. Tender. It's tender. Yeah. Um, but yes, the unfortunate thing is I did get COVID. Yep. Literally our third day here is when I first started having symptoms and we had kind of, so here's the interesting thing. If you were not listening to the, our episodes from back in January, Jason got COVID literally in the same timeline, weirdly when we first got to Portugal. Yeah. And my suspicion. So the weird thing is like when he had it, um, we're obviously, we are sharing an Airbnb and I never tested positive. I never got it. Which and we're hearing from a lot of, spouses families like sometimes it's just like one of them gets it and the other one does it Which sometimes just the kids fully have it understand but it's wild my medical like, diagnosis medical based on the experts i will say <laughs> i have listened to actual accredited people with the science but i had just gotten my booster shot two weeks earlier and i'm wondering if i was at basically maximum protection from my booster yeah. when you got it and so i just never got enough of the virus or maybe my body cleared it quickly or whatever um, and so I, so I was wondering after this whole thing, I said, since I never tested positive, like I probably don't have natural antibodies right. from getting it like you do. Um, cause you know, the studies have shown now that if you get the virus, you do form some type of antibody protection from that. So this whole time I've been like, I don't know, like, do I have antibodies? Do yeah. I not? We didn't know. Well, this confirms it that I didn't. And so, because I got it while we were here and Jason didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sucked. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it. Yeah. And your symptoms were definitely a little bit more severe is the wrong word, but they were less, my, no more mild than mine. What was it? What, how do your you describe symptoms it? Your symptoms were more mild than mine. Yeah. So like I just had a, a sore throat, a little bit of a cough and a runny nose, but I never felt bad. Like yeah. I you, said ne this, you never did. You worked all the way through it. You never. Yeah, like I, I was doing yoga every morning. Like I, I never had any trouble whatsoever. Yeah. And I think the difference for you is that you have felt bad. You had a fever a couple nights. Yeah. You definitely had like a much more hoarse cough than I did and a lot more congestion. But the good news is, I, I will give you a, a ton of credit. I mean, 
getting COVID and, you know, we were very much in the two years before going on this trip, like very afraid of COVID. Oh, very. And I just, mean, rightfully so, right? Yeah. And, and we know that many of you listening to this, we probably should have done a trigger warning before we started talking about COVID. Like you've lost family members, you've lost friends, like <clears throat> it's a very serious thing. And so, you know, getting over here and starting to travel, like it, it is definitely a concern that we've had. Yeah. And I just want to say like, now we're just so grateful to live in a time where, and we did this very intentionally. We said, okay, we, we will, we stayed home for, you know, almost two years until we had vaccines and until, you know, we felt like it was a calculated risk that we were willing to take where we wouldn't be putting other people in danger. And I'm just so grateful to, to now be in the era where with vaccines and with hopefully these variants that are showing to be, hopefully less severe. I know that's not true for everyone. I don't want to say that it is. Um, I just feel incredibly grateful to basically, you know, I was sick, but I was just, I I wasn't more sick than, I mean, I've definitely been, been more sick in my life, you know? So I just feel really grateful. And I will still say that, you know, it, it definitely challenged some of my health anxiety. So I, I do struggle with some Health anxiety, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, you know, it's a specific brand of anxiety where you really think that every weird sensation in your body is some type of more severe illness. Um, And I have to fight my instincts that always tell me, like, I'm not going to lie, there was a part, there was a portion of our Ireland trip where my legs were numb, basically just from the cold. And I was like, do I have blood clots in my legs? Like, that is a very normal thing for me to think. It's not, it's not normal, but it's a, it's, it's something I deal think. with. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm not going to lie. Like you get COVID, you're in a place where you don't know what the healthcare system is like. You don't know the hospitals. You don't know the protocol. You don't speak the language. Like this was one of my biggest fears going into this trip is, you know, having to confront something like that in a place where I am away from anything that makes me feel safe or comfortable. But Um, you know, I took it one day at a time and I tried to remind myself, like, don't think about what could happen. Think about what is happening right now. So whenever my brain would go to these places of like, what if I start to, I can't breathe or where are we going to go or blah, blah, blah. I just thought to myself, like, I'm not going to go there. Like, I am just going to focus on the fact that I can breathe right now. I'm going to take it one symptom one day at a time. And there was probably only two days that were like really where I felt really sick. And Mm -hmm. that was when the, my thoughts would spiral the worst. Um, but again, proof of the fact that I do feel like this trip is helping me rewire pathways that have been unhelpful to me and have been well-worn for like a decade of my life. I felt like I felt like this trip has been able to show me that I can handle uncertainty. I can handle, um, discomfort. And that is like a gift that I'm going to take with me for the rest of my life. And it makes me grateful every single day that, you know, (laughs) for that, I chose a partner who is more adventurous (laughs) than I am that pushes me in, you know, ways that feel attainable to get outside my comfort zone. I'm really grateful to you for that. Uh, because I think that this is going to be, and I knew it would be, but I know this trip is life-changing already. Yeah. And I mean, I just give you a ton of credit. Like I remember when I had COVID and this is just the way that we operate differently in our minds, right? It's like, I was never worried. And that's not to say that anyone listening to this should think the way that I think I'm just telling you how I think about it. Like 
I was never worried that I was going to have to go to the hospital. Yeah. But because that's how my brain works. That's totally. not because I'm not afraid of COVID. Obviously, we were afraid over two years. I'm just like in the moment, the way that I feel in my body, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. And I think that that's just the difference in how we operate. So like when you were going through this, like I knew that's how you were thinking. Yeah. It's like if, if, if someone confronted us with statistics that said 99% of the time, it, everything's going to be okay. 1% of the time, something bad's going to happen. Your brain latches onto the 99% yes. and goes, great. I, I, right. The odds are in my favor. Yeah. My brain latches onto the 1% and goes, I need to do everything in my power to plan for the 1% yeah. on the off chance that I am in that. And it's not the, healthy. The it's interesting not good. thing about those statistics too, if it was 99% of the time, bad things are going to happen and 1% of the time, good things are going to happen. My brain will latch on to the 1% still. <laughs> Because that's just how I want to look at the world. So yeah, it's just like, I get it. you know, like it's just, it's the natural thing. So anyway, just to share, we, we know that a lot of our WAME members are going through COVID right mm -hmm. now. Like there's just the, the second variant of Omicron is very pervasive and, and just for anybody out there who's dealing with it, you know, again, like hopefully this wasn't triggering in any way to you, but just wanted to share that like this, this has happened and you know, it's not something that even if COVID wasn't going on, like we were going to get sick on this trip somehow just because of all the planes, trains, cars, totally. people interactions, we new places, that. like even just like being tired and run down and, and all those things, like being sick in a foreign place was going to occur. And I am grateful that we live in a time where, you know, I can message the two people that we know here in Split and they can help us know where the nearest pharmacies are or a place to go get a COVID test done, uh, which maybe we'll save for next episode. We can share that story because that was an adventure in itself. Obviously you can imagine, uh, but yeah, just being able to make it through and like now, you know, we're through the isolation period when we're supposed to, how long we're supposed to stay. And like, we follow all the guidelines, you know, of the local uh, areas where we are. I did in Lisbon, you did here. And just feel like we can, you know, now get back out and keep seeing things and keep traveling and keep sharing those experiences but also be able to stay in a nice place and feel comfortable through a time when you feel really uncomfortable. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Want to wrap the sucker up? Let's wrap it up. All right. So this episode that was supposed to be about 20 minutes long. Oops. <laughs> well, we just, I, I think what this really evolved into was just like, what's, what's a day of travel like mm -hmm. for us so far? And so I hope we can do another episode like this later on in the year when maybe it's been very different and we can share what that is like as, as well. Because as we know, what's our lesson? Lessons learned from one airport <laughs> are not applicable to the yeah. next at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed this mostly travel focused uh, episode. I think uh, we are going to do a Q&A episode about our travels here eventually. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye out. If you're not on our email list yet, hop on at wanderingaimfully.com slash newsletter. Uh, we're going to put out a little call for questions. We're not really on Instagram right now. Otherwise, we would post it there. So wanderingamefully.com slash newsletter. Uh, look forward to getting some questions from you. And if you have some now, you can just send them via email. Hello at wanderingamefully as well. And I believe our next episode is going to be a recap of our latest spring enrollment. In the case sponsor. you were wondering how it went without social media for the yeah. first time. How a big launch for us went without using Instagram. Wow, wow, wow. Spoiler alert. It went. Oh, oh. Uh, okay. That's it. I'm going to wrap this sucker up and uh, we're all done. Okay. <laughs> Way to wrap this sucker up twice by saying we're, we're all, all done. Uh, that's it. Okay. That's how you do podcasting. We are all done. All right. 126 episodes later, we figured this out. <laughs> I don't know why I just wanted to say I love you. Bye. To me or everybody? No, everyone. Okay. Bye. <laughs>